Thank you, Brian, and the worship team for leading us in worship. Thank you, all of you, for being here to worship with us. What a great joy it is. As I think about Advent, I think about this idea of the people 2,000-plus years ago waiting for Christ's first return. But every single one of these songs, I think about us singing to God as we're in his presence in the future. That's what we're waiting upon. And what a glorious, joyful, great thing it is to think about. But here's the thing. We shouldn't just think about it being for the future. We should be living in it in light of today. In Isaiah 9, 6, we read, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If the children have not been dismissed or haven't left yet for Children's Church, they are welcome to go. But I wanted them to hear that. We have a Prince of Peace. And that's what this Advent is celebrating. Just one of the promises of Christmas is peace. And it's not just a peace for the future. It's a peace of which we live in greatly today. We should be seeking peace with every single day of our lives. But so often we think about peace in the wrong way. We must be thinking about seeking a Christ peace, a Christmas peace. And not just this one time of year. Thank you for joining us for worship today once again. I'm excited to be with you today. We're going to be skipping around in, in Scripture a little bit today. As we just talk about this idea of seeking peace. First of all, how do we seek peace within our lives and the people around us? Secondly, how do we seek peace through Christ? And then also, thirdly, how do we create peace ourselves? You see, as we think about peace and as we think about seeking peace, we also realize that although this is the Christmas season, and some songs we forward to it as the most wonderful time of the year, we know it's also filled with many arguments, many debates, many struggles, many shopping extravaganzas, which some of you love those shopping extravaganzas. And I like to go shopping. I like to take advantage of the sales. And in fact, my family and I in Ohio even made a point to go out and do some of that Black Friday shopping to try and find some good deals. I think I left with a pair of pants and a shirt. I am exciting, aren't I? No big screen TVs for me. In fact, one of the greatest deals I, I found, totally off topic, but I got to share. Well, I think I came home with, no kidding, 15 packs, 15, 12 packs of pop. Because when you find it, buy two, buy, buy two get three free. That's a pretty good deal, right? But here's the thing. Even though it can be a lot of fun shopping, it can be a lot of fun going to family get-togethers, it can be a lot of fun decorating your house for Christmas, it can also create a lot of turmoil. It can create a lot of stress. You can feel like your peace isn't here this Christmas. In fact, there's a song on the radio that I heard on my 10-hour drive back from Ohio multiple times which talks about or sings about if Christmas isn't the same this year. And for many of you, myself included, Christmas just might not seem the same this year. Maybe you feel like your family is broken. Maybe you feel like your health is broken. Maybe you feel like, like your, your financial status or your bank account is broken. You're thinking, how are we even going to get past this Christmas? How are we going to pay the heating bill this, this winter? Well, I want to encourage you, I want to remind you of the one thing which will always remain the same, and that's Christ. We can always seek peace in Christ. 
But more than that, it is crucial, it's important for us to always be striving, not to just be seeking peace and looking for peace in those people which surround us, but for us also to be peacemakers. That's what we're talking about today. In Matthew 5, 9, we're told, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You see, this might not seem like your typical post-Thanksgiving sermon. It might not seem like your typical Christmas sermon, but I think it is a very needed message for us to hear as we go into the holiday season. But not just this Christmas season do we need to remember to be peacemakers. You see, God actually calls us to be peacemakers. In fact, he encourages us here, blessed are the peacemakers. But it's not just for now. It's for every single day of our lives. You see, despite living in a world with such fighting, with strife, with wars and rumors of wars, with rivalry and, and divisions, and this begins even at infancy. I'm not sure if you thought about that, but obviously I have a two-year-old right now, so I've gone through, through infancy again with having a, a baby again. And even at infancy, you can see rivalry be, between kids as a two-year-old, especially one, my two-year-old, my Felicity sees somebody get a, a sucker, a lollipop, a piece of candy, and all of a sudden, well, I want that. Why do they get that? Why don't I get that? Or we think of our older kids. In the rivalry, the competition of wanting to do better than another. We did a turkey trot while we were out of town. Look, I'm, I'm off one week from preaching, and you get all the stories in one. <laughs> we did a five-mile turkey trot while we are out of town, and what a great joy it was, and also stressful it was to see my son want to just leave the pack, leave the group, because he actually yelled at Dad and said, Dad, you're too slow! And he did. He beat us for like, by like an entire mile, and that was what's holding us back. Here's my point. At all ages of life, all, both sexes of life, male and female, by all, of all cultures around the world, around the globe, we see this lack of peace. We see struggles. We see strife. We see divisions. We see rivalry. But despite all these things, it is crucial for us to live up to our calling to be peacemakers. So this morning, we're talking about peacemakers, but we're also talking about two other faces. And I, I saw this online on a devotional, and I think it, this idea, these three faces of mankind, or these three types of people actually come from a ministry called Peacemakers Ministry, which I'm not familiar with, but I just love this idea. You see, in life, you will come across three types of people, the peace breakers, the peace fakers, and the peace makers. And I think at all times of life, or at any in all times of life, we are one of these people. The question is, which one are you mostly? Let's talk about the peace breakers. Peace breakers are those people who go out of their way to break down relationships, to cause trouble and division. They, in some ways, deliberately confront people and here's the difference. Here's the thing here. It's not always for God's glory. It's not always out of humble submission to improve somebody. Instead, it's to tear somebody down. Here's another story which puts me at the person. 
It wasn't long after Pastor Chuck was here, and Pastor Chuck keeps me on my toes. I keep him on my toes, uh, his toes, whatever, that, that we... It wasn't long after he got here that I went into the, the gym, and he was doing a, a group youth group game, and I'm giving one of the kids a hard time, as I like to do. We give each other a hard time, but he told me, he, I did a put off, I need to do a put up. I think that's the wording he used. I tore somebody down by giving them a hard time, I need to build them up, and I had to say something good to them. How often do we cause division? Do we break people down? And on purpose, myself included, when in this world what people need most are the building up. Romans 16, 17 has strong, strong words for these types of people which tear down, especially on purpose. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. In direct opposition to this, God gives instructions. And this is going to guide, guide all the way along till we get to peacemakers, how we should be living. But it says this in Colossians 3.8, God instructs us to live differently. He says in Colossians 3.8, put them all away. Now you're thinking, what is all? What are we supposed to put away? That's what you should be asking yourself as you read this. And it says, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Put them all away. Further on, we're instructed in Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always, it doesn't say sometimes, it says always. Let your speech always be gracious. Gracious, seasoned with salt. Salt helps cover up the bad taste of things, doesn't it? And in some ways, salt also helps to keep things from going bad. It helps our meat from going bad. This is how our speech is supposed to be. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And then further on, one more scripture point here. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. These are quite convicting words, aren't they? I know it is for me. I mean, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. I mean, sometimes you do want to say something that puts some, it, it hurts somebody. I'm just being realistic. Sometimes we want to say that because we think, well, they need a gut check. They need to hear it how it is. They need to come back to the real world. It doesn't make it right, though. That's not how we're supposed to be living. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such that is good for building up so we can question ourselves. Are we being a peace breaker as we're saying such things, as we're talking about such topics? as we're taking part in such gossip, as we're celebrating these holidays and every day of our life, we should question ourselves. Are we breaking the peace? Are we spreading the peace? What are peace breakers? It's those who seek to destroy. And for no other pur purpose than to tear down. It's those who are being dis divisive for no other reason than to hurt and separate people from what God means to be good. 
Peacebreakers are often controlled by anger, by malice, by slander, by obscene talk, by selfishness. So we can judge ourselves as we're talking. What is our motivation behind what we're about to say? Because sometimes hard things do need to be said. And we're going to talk about that here next with peace fakers. It's okay. Sometimes hard things need to be said. But what is your motivation? Is the motivation to bring God glory, to build up an individual into the likeness of Christ, or simply to make you feel better and tear down that individual? But before we go riding off into the sunset with a mob, with our pitchforks, with our shovels, with our broom handles, and whatever else, to get all these terrible peace breakers, because there's a lot of them out there, we do need to evaluate ourselves. Are we breaking the peace? Because let me tell you, as I already have, it's easier to do than what you realize. It's so easy to not control our tongue, which is one of the most basic and easiest ways of which we break the peace. We justify things which are not justifiable. I mean, we just read the scriptures themselves, and they, they speak convictingly to us about how we should watch our mouth. James 3, 3 to 12 gives us some, some great truths about our tongues and how we need to tame the tongue, watch the tongue, constantly putting up guards against our tongue. James 3, 3 to 12 says this, If we put bits, bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot detects. Now, you already think, if you've never heard this scripture, what's this have to do with my speech? Well, just as a ship can be controlled by such a little rudder, let's see what the tongue can do. It says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. It is powerful to do great things, great things of goodness for God, or great things of tearing down others and playing right into the schemes of Lucifer, of Satan. How great is a forest set ablaze by such a small fire, Scripture says. And the tongue is a fire. One small little match, one small little cigarette. We see it in the news every year while maybe some person unintentionally throws a cigarette out the window, intentionally does that, but unintentionally it sets an entire wild fire ablaze, taking out houses and families and pets and memorabilia and everything in its path. The tongues are like that. It may be a small member, but it is capable of great destruction and to, to wreck havoc. It goes on and says, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. That's why we must constantly be on guard. That's why we must constantly be praying for God to be glorified in our speech, in our actions, in our thoughts. I am a firm believer. We pray for that in all ways because we must watch not just our actions because a lot of times the speech breaks the peace before our actions do. This is powerful. It says in verse 9 of James 3, with the tongue, with it we bless our Lord and Father And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. 
From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Gossip, slander, being a busybody, being opinionated, being judgmental, some of these things can be used for God's glory, but mostly it's used to tear people down and make us feel better. This is one of the types of people, a peace breaker, that we must, be a, we must avoid being at all costs. We must constantly be on guard against being part of this group or being around this group too much to where it causes us to be torn down ourselves. But the next group is the peace fakers. This second type of person, a peace faker. And what is a peace faker? A peace faker thinks that the best way to keep peace is by just never talking about it. And that doesn't help at all either. Peace fakers seeing peace as simply the absence of any kind of argument or discord. They'll go out of go to great lengths to avoid any kind of conflict, any kind of confrontation, or any type of unrest. And I want to give you an example of how this can be bad. You see, a good friend, maybe you see a good friend taking a direction with their lives that you see is going to lead them into trouble. They're becoming workaholics, alcoholics, cheetaholics, pornaholics, drugaholics, or whatever other bad thing you can think of. And now you have the choice. Are you going to confront it? Are you going to tell them about the bad that they're doing and how that's going to lead to, lead to destruction of friendships, destruction to marriages, destructions to families, destructions to themselves, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually? You have the choice. Are you going to confront that? Or you're going to leave it alone. You see, one way does lead or can lead to peace if the person submits and recognizes their own doing. But the other way allows them to continue down that path of destruction. I read a story of a pastor which shared about this. He says this. The story goes on to say they went to a close friend whose life was obviously taking a bad turn. He asked him to come to lunch because he wanted to talk. He wanted to tell them his concerns. Well, he started to try to bring this topic up, and he says, I'm not trying to run your life, but I'm concerned about the direction it's taking. He said this friend got so mad at this confrontation that the, the man began to jump out of his seat and across the table, and this pastor was afraid that he was going to get slugged. He was going to get punched in the jaw. So this pastor decided to just retreat. Time and time again, you can think about these stories in your own lives. This pastor retreated. Instead of saying what needed to be said, he said, I'm sorry, I won't bring it up again. You know what? Just drop it. I'm not even going to tell you what made one person feel better for a time. But here's the problem. Eventually, this pastor saw this man out in the crowd later on in life, and this man's life was shipwrecked. It was destroyed. Now, I don't know the case. Maybe his marriage was destroyed. He was divorced. His family was broken. Maybe he was an alcoholic and was in rehab, or worse, not in rehab and being controlled by this addiction. What the story shared is that he ran into this man whose life was now shipwrecked, all because he didn't say what needed to be said. He didn't confront the issue. And this pastor said to this man, I'm sorry, I failed you. I failed you. I should have said, hit me if you have to, if it makes you feel better, but I'm going to stay on, this, on your case. I'm going to tell you of my concern because you're my friend and I love you as Christ. We must deal with hard things. We can't just be peace fakers and ignore the things which are happening in the lives of who we call friends or family. 
or to take the political side on the, in the country which we claim to love as well, or in the world. If you see peace faking, we must correct it. But here's the thing here. We must always make sure that when we're correcting this, it's done with Christ-like love and for his glory and not our own. Or we, we risk going back to that first type of person, being a peace breaker, tearing down, and not for the purpose of building up, but just to make ourselves feel better. Peace at any price is also a form of deception. We shouldn't want peace at any price. We need to do it with Christ-like love. And another thing here, we need to speak truth, speak peace, but be sure to do it first by talking about God's peace, God's love. God sent Jesus so that we all could have a restored peace with our God in heaven. If you're not talking about that peace, Nothing else truly matters because that's the number one piece which they must hear about. Start with the truth of the gospel for the world. Start with the truth of scripture for a brother or sister in Christ. Truth telling takes courage, but it must be done. It must be done. The third and final type of people are the ones mentioned in our text today. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Notice it says blessed. Blessed. God gives this encouragement, this promise that although it might be hard, although it might be a struggle, although it might bring about persecution or in Christ's case, crucifixion, those who seek to make peace will be blessed. But then in addition to this, and I'm getting ahead of myself, it also says they will be called sons of God. What is a peacemaker? Peacemakers are set apart from the peacebreakers, for they set a guard on their tongues at all times. They think before they speak, and they're not confrontive just for the sake of it. In fact, sometimes the most important thing we can do is to hold our tongue, pray about it, and truly think about it. I was encouraged by this this week as I went on vacation or went on a trip hard to call it a vacation, but went on a trip to see my family for Thanksgiving and spend time with my brother. And, and in certain ways, I was upset with some happenings which were happening, and my other brother encouraged me, family encouraged me, you know what, sometimes the best thing you can do is not to speak and just try and put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. Or try and think about their qualities, their personality, and what's the best way to go about this. We must be a peacemaker But what comes out of our lives must be for the purpose of building up with making peace. Building up. Peacemakers, they don't have to give their opinion all the time. Anybody have a hard time with this? Yeah? I see the hands. Peacemakers are sometimes okay with walking away. Who struggles there? Walking away. Peacemakers know that sometimes it's okay to avoid a conflict to bring it up later at a better time. Peacemakers are set apart from the peace fakers because they're prepared to tell the truth and trust God for the outcome. Peacemakers are prepared to put others' well-being above their own well-being. But before I close, we must bring about the perfect and ultimate peacemaker, and that is Christ. 
And that's what we're here celebrating. Every single week, every single day of our lives, we should be celebrating. But especially this Christmas season as we're talking about the peace which the life of Christ brought. You see, Christ was a perfect peacemaker. He came not for any bit of his own glory, his own will. He came not to be served, but to, to serve us, sinful mankind. Sometimes speaking the hard things, sometimes doing the hard things, sometimes holding the tongue is what needs to be done. Christ knew what needed to be done, and he did the hard thing. Remember Isaiah 9, 6, which says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is our Christ. That is our Jesus. That is our Messiah. He came and is the Prince of Peace of which all of us look to, to imitate and to follow and to become. Jesus came to make peace between God and man, paying the price for sin on man's behalf, on all of our behalf. He went to the cross. This is but one of the Christmas promises, peace. We must be seeking to be peace makers, not peace breakers, not peace fakers. We must also be observant in our life. These are three types of people you can memorize. You can think, you know what? They're being a peace breaker right there. They're being a peace faker right there. Or they're being a peace faker. But the most important person for, we, for ourselves to observe is the peacemaker in Christ. He's a wonderful counselor. And we all need that every single day. Not just at the Christmas season. Every single day, we need the peace of Christ. Because Jesus brought peace, true peace. He spoke the hard things. He did the hard things. And because of Jesus' birth, we have a promise fulfilled of peace between God and mankind for all humanity, all people around the world. We can have a restored peace, redemption with God. Jesus was and is the peacemaker. Peace is truly only found in Jesus. Think about it. All he did, the most violent conflict that ever took place in all of history was witnessed by the universe as Jesus hung on the cross making Peace. This is what he was born for. He knew what he was going into. We don't go anywhere near that level of peacemaking. But we can. And I'm not telling all of you to go outside today and nail up a cross on Main Street or in your backyard and ask somebody to hang you up on it. But I am talking metaphorically especially this Christmas season as we go to all these shopping extravaganzas and parties and family get-togethers, or as we're just in the world every day, think about your life. Are you being a peacemaker? Is the testimony of which your life is, is giving, is that testimony living up to the life of Christ and showing the love that you have in him being your peacemaker? Being a peacemaker may bring about great conflict. But here's the thing. Being a peacemaker can also shed light to the peace of Christ. And that's our ultimate calling. To glorify God. To love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And to spread the gospel. To know Christ and make him known. To share his love with others. Are we doing that through the peace which we share? We must be imitators of Christ. John 16, 30 says, I have told you these things so that you, 
so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Seek peace this Christmas season. Seek peace every day, but seek it in Christ. Find it in Christ and live in his peace. But before we move to close, I want to also share that final bit. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are sons, they will be called sons of God. Have you ever heard, maybe when you were a kid, you're just like your father, or you're a chip off the old block? I don't use that language too often, but I can say that can be done negatively or positively, but we're going with the positive here and thinking how great it can, be, it can seem, especially as a dad, thinking that your kid is just like you. <laughs> that can be bad too, again. But think about it this way. How does it feel if somebody would come up to you and say, wow, you're just like your father God in heaven. Wow, I see his love in you. Wow, I see the peace of Christ illuminating through your life, and I want it too. Wow, you're just like Jesus. Shouldn't we strive to be peacemakers? You see, when when it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, it's because God is a peacemaker. He sent Christ to bring about peace in our lives, and if we're seeking to be peacemakers like him, then we are truly his sons. And people won't, they can't help but notice it. They can't help but notice that truth. Are you living like Jesus? Are you spreading his peace this Christmas season? Think about these things. God calls us to be peacemakers like him, like Jesus. Seek a Jesus type of peace. Be a Jesus type of peacemaker. In Ephesians chapter 2, 14 to 18, it says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. This is the Christmas peace we have through Christ. This is why Christ was born. This is what he came to be. I'm going to close in prayer and we're going to close in song. But I want to encourage you to be a blessed peacemaker, son of God, daughter of God this season by living according to Colossians 3, 12 to 17. If you have a pen, if you have a piece of paper, you should write this down. And think about it daily throughout the months of December. Colossians 3, 12, 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, you see that first scripture we read a moment ago in Ephesians, it's talking about what Christ has done for us. Here's our instructions here. Take a picture of it with your phones if you like. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your own hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. 
and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and wherever you you do, whatever you do, whether in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's live with this peace this Christmas season, but every day, let people see you being a peacemaker. Let's close in prayer and song. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for we don't look forward right now to Jesus coming the first time. He's already come. We thank you for knowing that we have this peace restored with you through Jesus. And we thank you for knowing that we can live in this for all of eternity now. But we do greatly anticipate and await a different type of peace, a different type of hope, a different type of joy and love. We greatly anticipate Christ bringing us home by your side out of this sinful world and out of this fallen world which is controlled by such hate and persecution and division and strife and rivalry. But we we desire to be saved from this world which is fallen and broken and to be reunited and restored to your perfect unity. Lord, some people... They, they struggle with thinking about going home to your side, but others, we look forward to this because we know how broken we are or how broken this world is, and we know what awaits us. So, Lord, we pray now, help us to have peace and to remember that ultimately the, the peace which must, must be thought after, sought after above all other things, is the peace of Christ, the peace of of Christmas. Help us to seek these things this year and every day, but help us also to live in it and to proclaim it. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Please stand. Let's sing together.
breakers, peace fakers, and peacemakers. Consider that as you leave, but also consider sticking around for our harvest brunch today. You know, it's the Christmas season, but we still like to eat, and we like to eat together. So let me pray for the food. That way, whoever's over there serving and getting things ready, they can just get things going as soon as you get the line going. Please bow your heads. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for you being the peacemaker. And we also thank you, Lord, for lives which are secured in you, redeemed through your blood. But, Lord, we also thank you for your daily provisions. And one of those being the food here today. We praise you and thank you for the food, for the beverages, for everything over there awaiting us. We thank for the hands and the, the people which have brought in the food and the drinks and those which are serving and caring for our needs today. We pray blessings upon all of them. And we just praise you for providing not just peace, but all the blessings which are numerous, countless, every day of our lives. May we continue to glorify you in all we do, in all we say, in all we think. May peace just flow through our lives like rivers to all those who come in contact with us. May our testimonies be testimonies of Christ's love. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining.